TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. All right. We have seen the lawsuit. We have heard the news. We've heard about the allegations. We're calling it the fiasco today uh, involving the Jackson County Assessor's Office. One of the many things going on today. Special guest with us. Yes, indeed. Yes, we're on our Let's Teach Manny Barca. It was a bad idea to give us his phone number to her. And uh, <laughs> Jackson, County, Jackson County Legislator Manny Barca, kind enough to join us once again. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, everyone. Absolutely. And, you know, we want to jump right in with this, as Jamie said, this fiasco with the assessor's office. This is something that doesn't really come as a shock to anybody in Jackson County. The fact that it was as bad as the state auditor's report said it was. But you've expressed a lot of consternation over the last 24 hours as to the reaction that came back out of the tax assessor's office, where they said, we did an extensive review over two years of every parcel of land in the county. What do you say back to that? Lies, lies, lies. And I, I wouldn't call it a fiasco. I call it a failure. Uh, this is an unsurmountable and unjustifiable failure of the executive and the assessor. And now, obviously, the proof is, is screaming at our face. So I'm curious to know, um, and this is just a point of information, along the way, in a process like this, which is routine you would think they do this every year you go through and you assess properties every year how much do excuse me every two years thank you for that yes every two years they go through and do this how much do jackson county legislators know along the way well so ironically you asked this question from i would say probably about april on we had been asking questions about data and justifications for date changes and we've been um, shrouded in this lie of, oh, that'll come to you. Uh, we'll follow up in an email. Oh, yeah, we're working on gathering that information. And justification after excuse after excuse, it got to a point where we started saying, well, we know there's a problem. We're hearing from people about this. Um, we're going to start trying to legislate to say that, you know, at least give pathways for the executive to follow and chase. Maybe he needed a direction. We try to give him that in, in forms of revolution, uh, resolutions, and he ignored all of them. One, in fact, included a cap up to 15 percent uh, based upon 2021 rates while we figure out the right valuations. That was ignored. So now you're sitting there with no information in front of you whatsoever that the, the, that the county legislature should have. And you're left with, OK, if if there is, in fact, a pile of lies here, as you said, that, that led us to this point, you called out not only the tax assessor, but just now you also mentioned the county executive, Frank White. What's his part of this? How is he involved in what these tax assessments were? As he said, for the Royals negotiations, he's the chief of everything. 
He's the chief negotiator. He's the chief justifier. He appoints the assessment department, and he appoints the Board of Equalization members that are assigned to review the taxation, right? So he's created a scenario where he's rigged both ends of this to squeeze the taxpayers' drive every dollar and drip they can give. And unfortunately, he's done it in an illegal, illegal way, and now he's got to justify that. Okay, I want to hit on two things. That, there were a couple of loaded statements there. Uh, one, I think you just answered a question that we had earlier this morning, which is, how does the assessor get her job? That's <laughs> Frank White appoints that? County executive appoints that? County executive appoints that. Okay. We can't undo that. Uh, at any point, unfortunately. Um, and so unlike other co- communities across this country and across the state, she is the only appointed assessor for a county as large as ours. And I want to come back to that because we were talking about that too, the legislation that's already been pre-filed. You just used the word rigged with Frank White. And I, you seem like somebody who's not going to throw words like that around. What do you think happened? So I watched it happen. I sat as the treasurer of one of the largest taxing jurisdictions in 2019. I got feedback, uh, usually negative feedback, when I'd make bold statements about the realities of how the county at that time was squeezing taxpayers, right? And not to say the W word, uh, windfall, because that was ultimately was happening as a result of the, the higher taxation that was occurring in the county, at least for Kansas City, Missouri. And so I said, all right, well, help me understand this, right? And it was, uh, we're making up for 20 years of lack of taxation, 10 cycles, uh, there's this swing, here's this chart. And I could, I could understand the need to bring assessed values up because taxation hasn't been where it should have been over the last two decades. Get it. However, it doesn't mean that you should try and make up for that in six years or three cycles, right? So I saw the dramatic increases in 19. I heard from constituents as a school board member then. And I said, all right, we got to figure something out. 2021, we fell in a pandemic, right? Everyone was figuring out how to navigate that system. The county at that time issued a flat increase, which they would later justify to say was illegal. But they did it, right? So they showed us that they could do it if they wanted to. And then 2023 comes around, and I'm sitting in this chair now, and I'm saying, look, you owe us data. You owe us information type of technologies, you owe us process, you owe us feedback. And then we're hearing from folks, they never came to my house. Okay, show me the proof. Proof comes. Here we are. I mean, we, we've known the writing on the wall as legislators for months and months and months and tried anything possible within our authority to change it, but all the power rests with the executive. Now, a lot of fingers have been pointed also at Tyler Technologies, as the company that did the numbers crunching on this. They have been fired. They're not going to be back at doing that same job going forward for Jackson County. How do you see their role in this? And is this a matter of you now have a county executive and a tax assessor who are pointing fingers at them to take blame off of themselves? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I don't think they have been fired. I think that they have said that in, in lieu of their failures and mistakes, they'll be back next year for free, which I think is, a you know, if somebody comes to put on a roof on my house and they put it on the neighbor's house, I don't say, hey, come back and try it again, right? I sue them and get recoup back our cost that we've invested in that, that effort. That's not what the county is doing. That's not what the executive is trying to do here. He's trying to bring them back for the next round in 2025. So well, the, the reality that he's stood up here and says, well, now it's Tyler's fault. He didn't do that. She didn't do that when they came before the legislature these last few months. My apologies. It was my understanding they had been fired. I'm I'm glad you gave us that information. We withheld their money. 
So we, the legislature, decided that, uh, I believe that was around June or July, said no more monies to go to Tyler Technologies unless we are told what it's for, why. And that was really a, a, me- a mechanism for us to withhold funds to hold some accountability there. And to my knowledge, I, I don't believe, unless they've defied the legislature, the executive has paid them another dime. Last I checked, it was around $7 million they owed. Okay, I want to talk about what can be done at this point. What what remedies and what solutions can happen now? I, I think John and I are both scratching our heads here. Um, how the, the problem that I keep seeing is that the county executive is an elected position and he's got several more years in that job. If there's no way to get him out of that office, what, and I ask you based on the position that you're in, what power do you guys have now to fix it? And if so, what well, does we, that look like? Yeah, several of us, uh, my colleagues and I, have proposed eliminating uh, nearly half the budget for the assessment department to create, uh, and this is to Legislator Smith's credit here, to create a taxpayer advocate-like system that would be a true independent third party, separate of the board equalization, separate of the assessor's office, and really focus the assessor on just doing the assessment, right? So that they, they weren't meddling in the process of appeals. Um, that was unfortunately voted down by, sadly, Sean Smith as well. And now the assessment department has more money than they had last round. So I don't, I don't know outside of the purse strings what legislative powers we have that can stop um, this process, change it. I think these are now being vested within the state tax commission, the board of equalization, if they choose to act here, or the county executive. We are kind of in a position where these individuals must act to do any type of progress beyond what we've seen already. Jackson County Legislator Manny Abarca is here with us. And I want to go into, you mentioned the fact that, uh, in your opinion, the reason why you would rig something like this is simply for more money to come into the county, that more tax money would come in because of this. There are some uh, taxpayers that we've heard from who see an even darker motive in this, that in their mind, this is about getting poor, low-income and middle-income people out of their houses so that those houses can go back onto the open market and be snapped up by developers. D- is is there any reason to believe that there may be a motive as dark as that involved in this? I don't know that that is a motive, but that is the outcome that is occurring, uh, particularly in marginalized communities for seniors, Um, who own their homes and are on fixed incomes. That is what's happening. We're gentrifying our county. We're creating opportunities for more LLCs to come in and buy up these homes. Um, We're we're driving folks towards that by squeezing them out, right? And and I have to say, as I look at the books as the budget chair, the county only standed to gain $5 million. However, there was a windfall that was sent to one taxing jurisdiction that is not protected under Hancock. And that was an organization that I advocated join Hancock and be protected by it. But there's there's more motive there, I think, than there is about driving people out of their house. That that is actually a symptom of the the larger problem. Taxes are due in 11 days. December 31st is 11 days from now. Uh, We get a lot of questions from people about what they're supposed to do. What do they do? And, And we know the process is out there, but you represent these taxpayers now who are upset some that already paid their taxes and say, what about me? Some that have it and wondering what they're supposed to do. What do you tell them? Yeah, I think at this point, the only option we have available before us now is to pay under protest. And, and that is only for the folks who write the check, right? For me, who has a mortgage, my company has already sent it over. I don't have a chance to, to protest. Um, but the, we have to put faith in our justice system, sadly, and, and believe that through 
and I, as a Democrat, I'm saying this, that our state uh, Republican elected officials, the state auditor, has more findings to release. This is just the beginning of that process. And the, the Republican attorney general um, can bring swift justice uh, up to removal of office, right? I mean, we've seen this happen in St. Louis already for dereliction of duty for an elected official. Yep. I'm not suggesting that's the, the possibility or the path here, but we have seen the worst happen in some of these situations where folks have not done their job. And here we are. Um, you know, I'm, I'm constantly looking. We looked yesterday as a legislative group and as staff to figure out with folks who have been here for 60 years um, and trying to figure out how to, to rectify this. And the power lies with the executive. So um, that may be a charter change thing. But again, that power also lies with the executive to change a charter. Just one last for you, and I'm curious about the lawsuits that have already been filed. We heard that the class action suit had been dismissed, the initial suit that was brought by the uh, by the state taxing authority and the attorney general had been dismissed for a procedural reason. And just on the heels of that yesterday afternoon, the attorney general's office filed a new lawsuit about this. Have you had the chance to look it over, and what do you think about its chances of succeeding? Yeah, I mean, I think the standing is much better for the attorney general's positioning. Uh, it was disappointing to see that the Supreme Court dismissed um, that lawsuit, but it sounds like it's more along the lines of standing in process. Um, I think what I would say to these things is we can't give up hope on those opportunities. And it's important to note, right, that is probably a more Republican-controlled Supreme Court than anything else. And so this isn't a partisan issue, sadly. This is an issue of dereliction of duty. Couldn't say, it's well said. And many of Barca, again, Jackson County legislator, thank you so much for being available to us, taking us through some of this. I know it's going to be an interesting end of the year. I hope your holidays are good to you. <laughs> Thanks. Likewise to you all. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Um, that was a lot. If you have thoughts on what you just heard, I think John and I do. 913-586-7798. Uh, we'll be back with us here in a couple of minutes on KMBZ. Thanks again to Jackson County Legislator Manny Abarca. If you missed that, uh, it'll be up on podcast, and we may get back into that uh, a little bit later. If you've thought, again, I, I know we're bringing this up a lot, but we keep learning new things, and I'm, I keep getting hum up, hung up on the language being used. Mm -hmm. Again, when I hear the word coerced, that was the, the word out of the lawsuit. The word that he used was rigged. When you think about intention and motivation behind this, and I just keep asking myself, what power, who has what power at this point? And the only thing that's coming to mind when it comes to Jackson County and the legislature is the money. But like he said, they tried to cut the assessor's office budget in half and that didn't work. Um, yeah, I think we were both surprised to learn that Tyler Technologies maybe maybe back. That's unbelievable. The job. We had heard nothing but that they had been yeah. fired and that they were going to be replaced. The idea of bringing them back, look, uh, no money. Uh, okay, spending money on them or not doesn't really make any difference. Uh, getting something for free that's completely and utterly incompetent, right. uh, that's not free. That actually costs you money. So why on earth would you do that? Um, so the only thing I wonder about is, is there a contract that like they was a two-year contract signed? And so you have to use them for a couple of years. My I, hope is that there's something in that contract that says if that company is found, of, I'm using the word incompetence, which doesn't <laughs> seem like a breaking the law, yeah. breaking the law. If that company broke the law in doing what they were supposed to do, can we get out of that? 
And when you, I mean, if, if Manny Abarca is right about this and he would know, I mean, given his job and the fact that that, uh, that information was asked for and not delivered and that they were put off and put off and put off time and time and time again as to proof that the assessor's office was doing what they were supposed to do and doing the inspections that they were supposed to do. When you don't deliver that, when the county is asking for it, what conclusion are they supposed to come to aside from you're lying when you said that, which is exactly what he said. And the idea that somebody would sit there, again, on our air, not him, but uh, but yeah. the, the tax assessor on our air, on TV, uh, and and every time that she was asked and would, according to Manny Abarca's words, sit there and lie about what her agency had done is unforgivable. I have questions. I have questions about motivation, why the assessor was hired. How I, I don't know that. I don't know her background at all. Um, but is there a reason that she's still employed? Is there a reason that... Now, if the reason is um, we're going to wait and see how this plays out, right? Like, we're going to wait and make sure, see if the allegations are true. Say that. And and um, I want to be clear. We have tried to get a hold of Frank White. We have tried to get him on the air. That has not happened. And given the fact that he's the only one that has the right. power to uh, you know, take that job away, if that's what's necessary here, then, I mean, it sounds like not only is he defending her, he's trying to defend himself. And, right. And that may be the reason why. I mean, if he takes that step and, and gets her out of the job, then he's kind of admitting that there's something wrong, something under the, his purview. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, correct. If Yeah, if you, if you fire her, then... You have to own that a little bit. Um, and Jim, we'll get to your call here in just a sec. The other thing I ask is, how much did she know? Did the assessor know any of this? Any of these allegations? Yes, I know, that, but the lawsuit will come back. Out of all those claims, how much did she know was happening? And when? And if she didn't know, why does she why have not? that job? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's get to Jim and Topeka and see what he's thinking on this one. Hey, Jim. I realize this is a desperate grabbing at straws, but most areas, most forms of government have a recall petition or recall election. And I'm wondering why that's not being talked about for Frank White. It is. I think it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and now, is anything happening yet? No, but uh, is it is it being talked about? And I guess the the question is: Is it being talked about by anybody who's in a position to do it? And that, uh, I mean, that's up to the people to some degree. But yeah, the, I would expect those voices to get louder fairly quickly. When you're when you're down to a desperate act, sometimes that's the only thing you have left. And I think that's what what's coming up. Take care, my friend. You do the same, Jim. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. It is the only option. I mean, the only, the only course of action, unless there are charges somehow, but so far it's just a civil lawsuit, right? I mean, there's not, there's not, um, what's the criminal, you know what I mean? It's going to be in civil court. Yep. Your only option is a recall election. And I need to educate myself on what that takes to get that on the ballot. Yeah. And, and the, the thing is that there are no voices that I know of outside the two of them who are defending any of this. I mean... And isn't that telling? Right. The county legislature says they screwed up. The state says, in a couple of different agencies, they screwed up. I haven't heard a single voice come out and defend and say, Frank White is correct about this. She did her job and did it well. Nobody.
Tyler Technologies also has not said anything. No, and I wouldn't expect them to. They're the ones that are probably monetarily on the biggest hook right now. Yeah. Um, again, this is where I ask, like, and I, I should have asked Manny Abarca this, can Jackson County sue Tyler Technologies? Can the legislature sue Tyler Technologies for whatever money? Although he said they withheld the money. Yeah. Um, can they sue them for not doing the right job? If I'm not mistaken, wasn't the initial lawsuit that came out yesterday, the one that was dismissed, didn't it name Tyler Technologies as one of the defendants? I, I couldn't you might be, be right. I, I'll have to go check. But you yeah, might be right. And that would indicate that, that, would yes, that, that yes, they can um, and, and probably will, that Tyler will be on the hook for this at some point. Because if I mean, that would take proving that they did something so unbelievably incompetent that, uh, that they should be able to pay up for this. And that may happen. Breaking the law seems pretty incompetent. Yes, yes it does. I would Just agree saying. with that. Not an expert, just saying. Uh, if you have thoughts here, feel free to get in. Uh, coming up, we'll switch gears here a little bit. Uh, there is a State Department warning out about traveling to a particular place. We're wondering why you would go in the first place. And a cruise made an unexpected uh, diversion, unexpected stop that we'll get to here coming up on KMBZ. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Thank you to Manny Abarca for listening, uh, who responded to the question that we asked on the air. That makes things a heck of a lot simpler. Uh, he's going to send us the link uh, so we can look at it online a little bit. But in terms of how you have a recall election, uh, he texted us and said it takes about 50,000 signatures for a recall. Um, so I assume that means 50,000 signatures on a petition to put it on the ballot for a recall. <laughs> I love this. He also said that he was the one who sponsored legislation to create the process to recall any of them. Boy, how, how secure do you have to feel in your job? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, how, how well do you think you have to be doing your gig to say, yeah, hey, if you want to take me out, go ahead. Uh, so uh, once we get a hold of that and we can look at that process a little bit more, we'll, uh, well, I assume we'll be talking about this at some point again today. Okay, uh, moving on here to uh, the story. This was, uh, this is out of Afghanistan. The Comma Press, which is not a news agency I look at very often, and I check state advisories about where to travel to occasionally. This is not one I've ever checked. 
Yeah, you haven't checked to see what the travel conditions are in Afghanistan before. No, nope. I, I can't imagine why you wouldn't. Uh, yeah, we're we're being told stay out of Afghanistan, specifically to Americans. Now, you might ask yourself, why were a lot of people planning trips? We don't know. Uh, I, w- I would hope the answer to that would be no, but you never know what people are going to try to accomplish. So uh, what, uh, the the State Department is involved in this as well, and they're just telling everybody. And what they're really worried about more than anything else is that w- the government in Afghanistan, such as it exists at the moment, <laughs> isn't terribly friendly to Americans. I couldn't imagine why. And they're worried that if if you're found out, if you're in Afghanistan and they know you're there and they know you're an American, that they will target you for arrest and prosecution. They'll just trump up charges against you, throw you in jail and then keep you there because they're angry. So I will admit, you know, I go off the beaten path a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, However, (laughs) so I'll admit, like I have um, glanced at what it would take to go to like Saudi Arabia, not to spend a ton of time, but check that one off the list a little bit. Sure. I have glanced at, if you were to spend two days in Iraq, what that includes, but I got about a hundred countries on my list before I get there. This is one I've never, I've never, what would you go see? (laughs) What, What would you go do? Yeah. I mean, even the cool stuff that was there before the revolution was all smashed to bits by the Taliban when they took over all of the statues and everything else that had been there for, you know, a thousand years because they don't care. And I mean, listen to this warning. The department, this is the U.S. State Department, says there's a high risk of arrest even for those registered for business purposes, which is, there it is. That's the only reason I can imagine anybody going to Afghanistan. But they said the department warns that arrests can be prolonged and during detention, U.S. citizens may have limited access to health care or face physical harassment, which means they'll throw you in jail because they know the guys that are in there will beat the tar out of you. Yeah. um, What's interesting about State Department warnings is that um, I don't have the map in front of me, but I've looked at it enough. There's a list and they will tell you they've got like four levels of travel advisory. And this is the biggest one. They don't in any way go no way, no how. Mm -hmm. But usually there are different levels for different countries. But beyond that, if you click on the country, very often it's for a specific part of the country, not the whole thing. I guarantee you there's a pretty high level of travel warning for Mexico right now, but it's not for all of Mexico. Sure. It's for specific pockets where they have problems. The fact that it's for the whole country is significant. Yeah, absolutely. And they, I mean, this may be my favorite line in the story. The situation highlights the ongoing security challenges in the region. Oh, is that what we're calling them? Security (laughs) challenges. Okay. Yeah, they say the alert uh, serves as a stark reminder of the complex geopolitical dynamics affecting Afghanistan. And and that's going to be that way forever. I mean, you still have all the problems that Afghanistan had before we got there. Forget the fact that they were harboring terrorists for just a second, if you can. But then realize that the northern third of the country... has been in the control of heroin-running warlords as long (laughs) as anybody can remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sort of surprised this is just now coming out and that this hasn't just always been in place. Yeah, it makes you... Well, and I think those advisors have probably been there, but yeah, why make that particular distinction? And the only thing that I could think is that there would be two possibilities on that. One is that they've heard... 
that either there is uh, an ongoing threat that more people are being targeted, that this is happening more often to people who have to go there on business or whatever, or um, that it that it's a uh, just a, a a more stark warning against uh, any kind of travel in the region. And they're telling you specifically stay out of Afghanistan. But what they're really saying is. Yeah, if you can stay home and Zoom meeting anything mm-hmm. that you have to do in Southeast Asia, why don't you go ahead and do that? Yeah, somebody just suggested um, cut flights. Stop. Like the FAA needs to, I, I assume it's the FAA that can do that, C- eliminate flights mm-hmm. to there. Um, I mean, airlines are in the business to make money. You have the flights go if there is demand for the flights. Sure. I don't assume there is a lot of them. And we don't run all the airlines in the rest of the world. So, right. I mean, if if you take a flight to London or you, you, yeah. know, you take a flight to a KL, you know, you go to Kuala Lumpur, you're going to find a flight that's going to go to Kabul. Right. Yeah. Um, so let that be your warning for the day here. Okay. Then I'm interested in the story that you saw at Fox Business about, so you pay to go on a cruise. And you pay for an itinerary for a cruise. And I, I've, I've done a few. And, you know, you're going to stop in Jamaica. You're gonna, you're gonna, here's, here's where you're going to go. Uh, <laughs> we have one particular cruise that did not go. You know, sometimes, like, there's a stop and there's a reason you can't go to that stop. So they send you somewhere similar. Mm-hmm. Some with the same kind of weather, some kind of stuff to do. Not in this case. No, and it was the weather that was the problem. MSC Cruise Lines, which I'm not familiar with. Do you know them? I do not. I've never heard that term before. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I mean, there, there's a bunch. We all know NCL, Norwegian Caribbean Lines, and and uh, Carnival, and there's a few of them that are fairly well known. But MSC was a new one to me, and they had this ship called the Meravilia that was it left New York City on Saturday. They were on their way to. They said typically these cruises go to either Port Canaveral or Miami, and then on to Nassau. And that's what they were going to do. It was a nice Bahamian cruise, have a good time, really relaxed. And then the storm happened. They just, they said it was untenable weather. They couldn't get through it. So instead of going to the Bahamas, they went to Boston and Canada, which are just like the Bahamas in no <laughs> way at all. Um, yeah, like, I'm, I'm looking at this company. I've never heard of this, but I'm on their website. Um, so a lot of the big cruise companies have private islands in the Bahamas or in the Caribbean. And that's where they go. That's yep. where they take their, their their people to. It's a lot more efficient for them just to take them to the private island. Uh, the company told Fox Business, uh, we had to go to Canada and New England due to the unreasonable and rapidly worsening weather that would have made it impossible to safely reach the Southern Atlantic Ocean from New York City. The only alternative, and this is what I want to talk about, the only alternative, they say, would have been to take the more extreme step of canceling the cruise and thousands of people's vacations outright. Let me add to that and lose their money. And refund them all. Yes, Yes. exactly. Because if you ask me, look, there's nothing wrong with going to, well, actually, there's a lot wrong with going to Boston, but there's nothing wrong with going to to the Maritimes. Uh, I mean, the Maritime provinces in Canada are beautiful. In summer. They're not the Bahamas. Yeah, exactly. Not, Not so much in December. It can get a little chilly there. But uh, at the same time, I mean, if you ask me, would if I was planning on going to the Bahamas, is Boston okay? No, it is not. It's it's not okay at all. So I'm. I guess what what bothers me the most about this is that they didn't even give people the option. They put them all on the ship and then just sailed off to Boston. 
I saw somewhere in this where it said it told him the day before. <laughs> when, they, when they were already in New York from wherever. Right. But there was one person that they quoted in this who was traveling with his family who said, the guy helping us with our luggage said, you are going to Canada. Oh, here it is. So that's what passengers say, is that they were, they're boarding the ship. And that's when they're told the itinerary had changed. Wow. Um, according to the Globe, MSC Cruises sent out an email the night before outlining the itinerary challenges, saying, due to ensure the safety and well-being of everyone on board, we will sail to New England and Canada instead, where we expect to encounter better weather conditions that will allow us to offer you the pleasant cruise experience that you expect. Um, <laughs> so... One woman that they quoted in this said, I didn't want to pay five grand to come to Boston. Yeah, from New York, uh, it shouldn't cost you five grand to go to Boston. It should cost you a couple of hundred bucks. Again, in December, if we were talking about August, again, I take issues with Boston, not my favorite city, but whatever. It's a different thing. Um, so it is complicated, and this is noted in the story. Um, getting berths that are open and getting ports that are open for a big ship like this is complicated. I also assume it's, I don't know how far in advance they knew that the weather was going to be a problem, but weather changes rapidly. And so I assume maybe two days before they knew, I, I don't assume they knew, a, you know, a, a long way ahead. Sure. So the complicated thing that you have at that point is, you know, a thousand passengers or whatever it is getting a hold of everybody. And then can they change flights? Can they get their flights refunded? Some are already in New York. I mean, all of that is complicated. But let that be up to them. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we, we were talking about the weather. Somebody on the text line just pointed out, what did those people pack for? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and, now, and, and they said, well, you know, we, we, we couldn't really make it to the southern Atlantic. Okay. Uh, now, given the fact that they were going to Nassau, which is in the Bahamas, uh, that means that uh, I would assume that everybody on board had a passport, right? So you they assume so, yes. So they could have gone anywhere. How about Bermuda? Yeah, I'm looking at a map. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, Bermuda or Northern Bahamas. Um, okay, wait a minute. Puerto Rico? In front of me. So they were, uh, typically the ship makes stops in Port Canaveral, Florida, Nassau, Bahamas, and Ocean K, the private island in the Bahamas. There you go. Yeah, so they do have their own island. Yeah, I've, I've been to Carnival's Out Island. It's a little thing shaped like a, a crescent moon. Yeah, Bermuda would have been your, your logical. Now, Bermuda's small... It's way out there. You know, it's going to take time. What if they don't have the birth? Oh, but birth, right? B-E-R-T-H, yeah. that's mm -hmm. where. What if they don't have the port space open? I mean, that was that was maybe going to be a problem. I'm even just looking at other places on the coast. Could you not have made it to, like, somewhere in South North Carolina? Could you not yeah, have just made it somewhere islands. else on the coast? Sure. Yeah. You, you know, yeah, Outer Banks. Kitty Hawk or some, someplace like yep. that. Um, now, the Carolinas also had their own challenges with weather. So yes, that, they did. That, yeah, that may not have been an option. But yeah, there's got to be someplace other than let's head due north. And yeah, they, they did say MSC gave passengers an option to cancel their cruise in exchange for a future cruise. Well, if you're from here, and you're already in New York City because they... Which we tell you to do a yeah, couple of days ahead. Right. And you know, they, and so the night before, they give you the option to cancel your cruise. Now you've got to get back home. Okay. So where I'm stuck is weather, though. It's not a situation they created. So when you agree to take a cruise, if you've taken one recently, help me out with this. Do you agree when you hit purchase 
I assume there's a section in there about weather that entitles the cruise line to change the itinerary based on weather. Yeah. And that's what's getting them out of this and that, in, in terms of liability. Yeah, we, we talked a little while ago about another cruise problem and, and what the cruise line was saying was, well, yeah, but the people who are complaining about this had the option to buy the trip insurance from us and they didn't do it. So that may enter into it. But when you I mean, it seems like there's got to be a window of time past which you are no longer responsible, because when they're saying, OK, the, the cruises that I've been on, they left port. At like 7.30 in the morning. They they, they don't tend to leave at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They want you on board as early as possible so that they can get you in, get you settled, get all the safety stuff done, and then you can enjoy your first day on the cruise. So, I mean, if you email me 10 o'clock the night before, I'm probably in bed already. And the the first thing I'm going to do when I wake up in the morning is not check my email. It's going to be get all the bags together and go off to the cruise line. Yeah, and then what are you supposed to do? So now you're in New York and your cruise has been canceled. This is where I feel like, yeah, trip insurance matters. And I say this is someone that never buys trip insurance. Yeah. So I would have been in trouble. If you have thoughts here, 913-586-7798. Should this cruise line be compensating these passengers for the changed itinerary? I mean, it's still a cruise, but they didn't they didn't go anywhere they were supposed to. Uh, give us a call. We'll take a break. We'll wrap the hour next on KMBZ. Coming up after 12 o'clock... Uh, there's been a lot of buzz. We've talked about this quite a bit about the temp tags and how long people keep those on their cars. Uh, in Gladstone, they are going to be really cracking down on that. So we're going to talk more about that coming up after 12 o'clock. Uh, yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, we'll get to that coming up. We didn't really talk. We mentioned him breaking us up the other day. Uh, we'll get further into that here in a second. I don't understand. Um, it's a PR move and I'm falling into it, but Pantone which is the paint company. Yeah. Oh, we got a color of the year. Yes. It's color of the year. Ew. Um, fuzzy peach. <laughs> I'm going to give it another term. Uh-huh. Flesh. Yeah. It's flesh colored. Boy, doesn't it though? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, there was, there was a crayon in that Crayola 64 box years ago that, uh, that, that yeah, mirrored that pretty well. Uh, yeah, there's nothing that I want to have that's this color. I don't know how they come up with this. What they said was, uh, during a time of turmoil in many aspects of our lives, the need for nurturing, empathy, and compassion grows ever stronger, as does our imaginings of a more peaceful future. A warm and cozy shade, highlighting our desire for togetherness with others, and the feeling of sanctuary this creates, this is Pantone 13-1023 Peach Fuzz. <laughs> Gives us a fresh approach to new softness. Man, whoever writes this stuff for Pantone, gold. Good yeah. job. Oh, yeah. Good they, job with they, this. They do a nice job selling it, but then you look at the color and go, do I want that on my walls? And my answer to that is, under no circumstances whatsoever do I want that on my walls. I'm, Does it make you feel like it's a safe space to be where you can feel and heal and flourish like they say? No. I'm I'm not a pinky person anyway. I not mean not pink. It's yeah, and it's not. I mean it's it's much more <laughs> of the but it's got it's got kind of that orangey pink. Well, it's peach. So, yeah, I mean it, it's sort of that combination. And I just yeah, that th- that's never been a color that I was all that comfortable with. So, uh, I'm sure, look, if you like it, then by all means, slather it all over your walls, but it's just, it's not going to be something that I'm going to use for much, if anything. You know, I was thinking about something, though. 
is I was watching Monday Night Football because the Seattle Seahawks were on, and I don't have any particular allegiance to the Seahawks, but something occurred to me because they played a, a highlight from the Eagles game as well. What happened to Green? Nobody uses That's green a question anymore. We've never asked. Yeah, what happened to it? Uh, you know, uh, Kermit was right. Seventies happened. It's not easy. Yeah, I get, that's probably it. Anymore. Because the Seahawks, when they, and this isn't new. I mean, the Seahawks and the Eagles both changed their colors about ten or fifteen years ago. But what they did is they took the bright Kelly green and muted it and went with this kind of dark gray green. And it just occurred to me that they they went both in the same direction. That it seems like bright colors in general are starting to fall out of favor or have, and that especially a bright green, there's nothing that color anymore. Uh, yeah, the first thing I think of is paint colors. And the reason I could see not using paint colors anymore is if we bright paint colors is if you think about resale. Yeah. It's just easier to turn over a house when it's just more muted colors inside. There's a reason why they call it resale white. <laughs> yeah. Ask a realtor. Yeah. That is a real term. It's yeah. They just paint the walls, resale white, and let's get this thing on the market. Um, but yeah, now I don't mind Kelly green going away because our school uniforms when I was in school were oh, that that'll ruin you. Oh, were that color. And it was horrible. I think to the aspect of the football jerseys, you got to be able to see the numbers. And if you have these lighter colored, cause a lot of the That's numbers are, are white on the jerseys. And, and the, if you have a lighter colored, yeah, main color for the jersey you can't read the numbers at least the seahawks got rid of that neon green they were using for piping a couple of years ago it. do they still use that every I'm, once in a while oh man that can go away forever but yeah you're right on the old eagles jerseys they were white numbers on a kelly green well, background it's the same thing with the oilers oh yeah because they were the titans powder blue they they have a red outline on them but yep. they're still white and powder blue it's kind of hard to see good point well done thank you colin Today on the show, what happened to the color green? <laughs> yeah. I like it. What are we doing with green anymore? <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, doing okay as far as we know? Getting better. Fall? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he had, and there were a couple of uh, things in this story that I didn't know about. I had kind of wondered about it, but I wasn't sure that uh, he, he said it wasn't a fall per se. He just stumbled. Like he didn't fall okay. off of anything. He just kind of tripped and fell and broke his hip at Disney Hall in Los Angeles on Friday. And he said, the way he put it, he's obviously not lost his sense of humor through this. He said uh, it was uh, the, the final show for a band that we'll get to in a second. He was there with uh, a letter from Vice President Kamala Harris and his own remarks when, quote, Humpty Kareem had a great fall. He said, uh, he said I'd like to say I fell while trying to save a child from plunging over a balcony, but I just tripped. Hard for me to accept those one the, that a once world-class athlete just stumbled, but age is the greatest great equalizer and humbles us all. What I didn't know is the concert was Manhattan transfer. He was there to see Manhattan transfers final show. And I don't know what I would have expected Kareem to show up to, but mm -hmm. Manhattan transfer would have been way down that list. I like them. I mean, they're fine, but uh, yeah, not a show. I would have guessed Kareem would be there for. I've never heard the band. What are they? What are um, they? This was their big hit. We got a little, yeah, we, in fact, we can kind of end the hour with a little bit of Manhattan Transfer. Uh, their biggest hit was in the mid-80s, a song called Boy from New York City. Okay. We'll be back in the next hour here. Vocal Harmony Group. Nice stuff. Mm -hmm. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's better here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.